Hello and welcome to KeeperCast, the Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. I'm Sammy. I'm Sam. I'm Tegan. And this is episode 8, brought to you by the Level 3 Mastodon costume. Oh my god. I get secondhand embarrassment from that whole thing. I feel like it would just be so hot. It would be. Um, this week we have a new guest on this episode. Um, Tegan, welcome. Uh, I am like so hype. Introduce yourself, Tegan. <laughs> I'm being a proud friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, do you want to Yeah, like say who you are, tell us how you got into the series? Um, so I'm Tegan. I'm actually a close friend of Sam's and this is how I actually found out about this podcast. And so I'm really excited to kind of join because I started reading Keeper in like middle school. I read the first book when it first came out and then just kind of got hooked every year after that. Cool. Yeah, welcome. We're really excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited. I'm so hyped. <laughs> yeah, I I've been friends with her since like since it was 2015, right? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I don't know. I am I I don't know if this will pick up on the recording or not. We met on like some on like the app Wattpad. Yeah, we were on Wattpad. I wrote a terrible 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 Sodex fan fiction that is deleted now. You can't find it. It is gone. I deleted that monstrosity from my life. Um and like you'd messaged me saying that like you're like, hey, I really like your stuff. I'm also in the Keeper fandom. And then we just didn't stop talking. We had this weird roleplay thing going on that, was, that back then was fun, but oh, oh god, god, looking back. Oh no. It's so <sighs> weird, like, being as old as we are now and then, like, thinking yeah. back to that and how stupid we were. <laughs> Regardless, I'm so happy you're here. My, my, yeah. I'm so happy you're here. I don't know if this will pick up on the recording. It probably will. But my hand is going like a mile a minute. <laughs> hand flapping excitement. Aggressive hand flapping. Yes, basically. It's pretty much as fast as my hand can physically go. And that means real hype. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to move into some listener correspondence. We got three messages last week. All were on Tumblr. Um, so... Thank you guys for your messages. Um, we really appreciate all of them. The first one is from Lacey Slay 7 It says, Hello, I absolutely love your podcast. I know you love Dedrick jokes. And I think it was a never seen, but they were talking about Kenrick and it said, quote, his name felt warm. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, mm, I'm going to make it a new personal mission of mine to like, Go through the book specifically looking for references to Kenrick being warm. Oh, God, Dedrick, Dedrick jokes. I was, um, before my sister read that, like, got up to that point, um, I think that she was still reading Exile. Yeah, because my, my friend had, had Everblaze. But, um, we were playing, uh, Cards Against Humanity, like, the Keeper version. We were playing the Keeper Cards Against Humanity and uh, it said something about Dedrick jokes, and I was talk- I was on voice chat and talking about how, like, uh, Dedrick jokes, like, I love them, but they hurt. 
And for some reason, my sister was in the room. That's what she overheard. And because my sister is oh, a weirdo, no. I still love her. She just she doesn't know what Dedrick means, she, or she didn't. Uh, but uh, my sister, because she's a weirdo, and I still love her, but she's a weirdo, just goes, oh, kinky. And I go, no. And I screamed, there's nothing kinky about Dedrick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are the other messages that we got, Sammy? All right, uh, the second one we got is from Aryusha is on fire. Mm, on fire, like Kenrick. Oh, and it's very quick. Oh, God, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah, and um, it's a very quick message. It just says, I love your podcast. So thank you a lot. We, we, love, we love you. And we love you. Jinx. Um, and then our third message is an ask from Queen Hilla Rules. And it says, Hey, I just wanted to thank you for blessing the fandom with your podcast. You are all talented. Keep up the great work. So thank you again. Oh, I know it's all so nice. Oh, that's so sweet. God, I, 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 lo- I, I love, I love. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to send us another message like this we'll read it aloud on the podcast you can send it to um you can send us an ask on keepercast on tumblr or a i forgot the word for dm or a dm on instagram at the keepercast i think dm is just the word (laughs) all right so that was all we had for listener correspondence this week Woo. um yeah do you want to move on to the section of the book? Yes. I briefly mentioned uh, secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, this week we went through chapters 11 through 19 of Exile. Well, first of all, do we have any like overall impressions of this section? I liked how like <clears throat> in the beginning, like of the beginning of like the like chapter set, uh, they talk about how Sophie's, like, struggling with being, like, different and stuff. And I liked how Granny is, like, a mesmer and how it complements Sophie's, like, strange abilities. But they, like, never talk about it in the books, how they, like, understand each other. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked what they did with Grady here, especially. Mm-hmm. I, um, like, like, it just, I, I love Grady. But I feel like they never talk about it, like how both of them understand being like feared and different. They just kind of go, yeah, he's a mesmer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I hope we get to see that brought up more. He punches a piece of glass in the end of a chapter. Wait, really? I completely missed that. Yeah, he like punched a window when he was ranting about like, about like the council I believe like just writing out how they weren't like like when he like he was pretty sure that the that you know the black swan murdered Jolie like he was like going on about like they told him like no no don't worry about it like just look forward focus on what matters and then he's like my daughter matters and then he like punched the window and um I remember Edeline bringing up to Sophie later, like, how he needs to be angry at the Black Swan or else he'll blame himself. And it's just, ouch. Well, when you lose a kid and no one else around you understands it, I feel like you'd be really mad. Yeah, well, duh. Elves and, like, loss is just, like, yikes. <laughs> like, 
it's just like I'm trying to think of a good analogy or something like that, but my my brain is kind of empty. I remember um like like there was a rant. I think Star was like ranting like just about the way that they don't understand that type of thing in uh one of the other episodes we did. Oh yeah, about like suicide. Yeah. Yeah, no, and how no one understands the grief and like just how huge of a problem that would be. Yeah, like grief, mental health stuff. Like Morella makes a joke in the first book about how they just like their daughter died and they didn't throw parties. Uh I was just going to bring up like this is also where we kind of have like the beginning of um of Grady and Adeline's like kind of like character arc thing. Like this is where we start to get more into their thoughts that you like we see more of like their thoughts and like how they've processed the whole situation a lot more and that's like where their journey like starts to like grow and change the section it starts with sophie is is woken up because she realizes like sylvany can transmit directly into her brain and she's just like excuse me uh the first sylvany flight yeah yeah something i wasn't clear about here was I was Sylvani able to do that because of Sophie's alicorn DNA? Was that the reason why? I think so. I'm pretty sure that's why. I feel like that would be a good connection to like both of them and like a good reason why they're able to do that. Yeah. I think it's because of the alicorn DNA. Horse girl. <laughs> Even better, part alicorn. Can you imagine being told you're part horse? Like, hi, you're an elf, you're part horse. Yeah, and then, uh, oh, we have that great iconic scene of Sophie flying Sylvanie directly into a pile of alicorns. Yeah, she falls in line. In front of the counselors and Alden. I I kind of skipped that scene because, like, I I get really strong secondhand embarrassment. (laughs) And I was just like, mmm, too much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just another day. I feel like Alden's like, this is just another Tuesday. Just another Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Honestly, most of what I have to say about this section is about Grady, I'm realizing, looking at my notes. Um, There was a part in this section that stood out to me where I think Bronte called, uh, called Grady Sophie's father. And then... Sophie is kind of pissed at Grady at this point because he refuses to become an emissary and join the nobility. So she's like, he's not my father. That's just like, ouch. But yeah, uh, ow. (laughs) Well, when you cancel, like when he cancels her adoption, she's pissed. And then like four chapters later, she's like, "Eh, I got kidnapped. It's fine. Like they don't really talk about how like they really move on from that. So I feel like that's just a reoccurring thing of like Sophie like, they didn't want to adopt me. Still kind of mad about it. Yeah, I think that she was mad at this point because, like, like she was pretty, like, like she, like she was like, like she, did, she wanted him to like, not latch to the idea of the Black Swan being the bad guys. Well, they didn't know the Black Swan was good at this point. Yeah, we didn't know, but like, like we were thinking they might be, but like we don't really know. It was a whole thing. Yeah, this is a section where, like, I feel like we get a lot of different opinions on the Black Swan in terms of, like, are they good? Are they bad? What's going on? And, yeah. 
Yeah, it's just like all the constant confusion, which will always carry on. Well, Forkman doesn't really help until like the later books. Forkman. Forkman is relatively useless at this point. Yeah. yeah. We'll get there eventually. Forkman. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like a superhero. Forkman. <laughs> yeah, someone on Tumblr. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I'm pretty sure Teague is not as. Yeah, shout on out. Shout out to Casey. Yeah, Casey who made um, the parody of YMCA, but Forkman. <laughs> what Forkman. There's no need to feel down. I said Forkman. Lie there, fork dead man. on the ground. He was dead on the ground. I said Forkman. <laughs> that was before we knew he was a secret twin. You know. Although now yeah. you can just change it to Forkman. He's dead, but not really. Forkman. <laughs> Uh, Sidelining into that whole, like, twin thing, I thought that was such a cool way of explaining how, like, the Keeper of the Lassities, like, how the Lassities are basically, like, we hate all, like, twins and triplets, like, they're a bad match, and they, like, felt so, like, down about it that they literally pretended to be one person. Yeah, their parents made them do it. (laughs) And then they basically went, well, we're already doing it, might as well keep doing it. Yeah, they're like, eh, useful. Um... Let's see, ex- other exile stuff. I think that um, I think that there was something that uh, I can't remember what it was. I wish I remembered to bring down my book before my baby sister went down for her nap. But um, there was something that like I think it was something that Grady had said to to Bronte that I was like, badass, I love you, man, or something like he stuck up for himself or something like that. And like, unless I'm remembering incorrectly. I think that's that probably happened. I also don't have my book with me right now, so. I don't know, like, what the quote exactly was, but, yeah. Yeah, something about, like, Grady, and I don't know, like, something about Grady and, and like, Bronte, I think it was, like, Grady standing up to Bronte or something. Um, yeah, so what happens next after the whole Alicorn thing is we learn that Grady thinks uh, the Black Swan murdered Jolie. I thought that already happened. I thought that... Yeah, I thought that that happened at the beginning. Honestly, I could be very incorrect. I don't have memory. Um. Yeah, I have it written down later, but maybe he said it earlier again. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but he was he was talking about how. So like, I'm pretty sure that's why Sophie was upset at him. I thought she was upset at him because, uh, the because the council said they would get to keep Sylvany if Grady agreed to be in a mystery, and he said no. Oh, yeah, that might be... Yeah, I think that might be it. Oh, yeah, you're right, Sammy. God. I'm right there. I just got to that point. Yeah, so basically, Bronte is, like, coming at Grady, and, like, Emery is like, why can't they just do that? Like, well, let Sophie re- rehabilitate the alicorn if you reclaim your title as emissary. And he just goes, nope. <laughs> and then they're just, like, basically talking about, like... Well, basically, a talentless could rehabilitate it, and then they all get mad at each other and then leave. Yeah, and then we learn that the that Grady, th- yeah, and then we learn that uh, that uh, that Grady thinks that the Black Swan murdered Jolie. You were correct, Sammy. Yeah, and then he starts talking about how um, like the Black Swan or what he thought was the Black Swan was like sending him all these messages and trying to recruit him, and he thinks that they killed Jolie because he refused to join them. Because they left him a message, yeah, and they left him a message that that said, you don't know who you're dealing with. Right, which is kind of ironic, because that 
group that was trying to recruit him was the Never Seen, not the Black Swan, right? Mm, I think so. Yeah, so you don't know who you're dealing with. It's kind of funny in a weird way. Yeah, he technically doesn't. I don't know, I think it's interesting how in these earlier books, like, the Never Seen keeps being, like, mistaken over and over with the Black Swan. Or, like, people tend to think the two are the same thing. Yeah, because, like, it's already insane to them that there would be one rebel group at all. Like, Rebellion, because it was brought up in the last book, like, Rebellion just, it don't exist. It ain't a thing. We don't have that. So the idea that two could exist, that everyone would just be like, no, that's that's way too crazy. They gotta be the same. The two are, like, rebelling against each other. <laughs> Like, the entirety of the books are like, we're not rebelling against the council, we're rebelling against each other. And honestly, in this chapter, I kind of, I mean, I know we know that the Black Swan is quote-unquote good at this point, but I do kind of agree with Grady. What, what about him? What did he say? Like, you agree that, like, the Black Swan killed Jolie, or you agree, like, he's angry at them? Yeah, I I think he has a point that when he was talking about the Black Swan is using sophie and it's also sort of too secretive to be 100 percent good yeah i i've always felt like there is something shady at the very least too secretive to really trust it because like you don't know what you're getting into they aren't telling you why you're doing things as well as like in the later books they keep like revealing all these secrets to sophie that she never knew and she's like wow thanks for telling me this now it's like you should have told me that earlier you dingus yeah like i just i think there are a lot of problems with the black swan in terms of like you know there i mean there was that scene later on in the books where they froze off i want to say gethin's fingernails oh they, god they froze. oh uh uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah like not not a great look Following the whole Grady thing, we just get to go and see Dex and talk about the lovely things that happened last book. Oh, yeah. This was a nice, fun, lighthearted section with no trauma whatsoever. None at all. Um, first of all, I just want to give my daily dose of love to Kessler. Um, we get both the best dads. Yeah, the whole, like, Kessler and Grady. Best yeah. dads. Yeah. Um and the and also and also best unofficial dad Elwin. <laughs> the, the 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 thing with like Kessler and Dex when they were like when they were mixing whatever they were they were you know mixing up just oh it wasn't my fault <laughs> and then and then Kessler just mouthed like yes it was yeah it's just great dynamics I love them I I I I'm love them. <laughs> I feel like it's the most accurate, like, portrayal of, like, family of, like, it's not my fault, it's your fault. Yeah. Just like, because you told me to. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, we go and, uh, we have that talk with Dex. Yeah. So I guess we should talk about, uh, Dex's scar. Hmm. My, my, my poor baby. Small beans. I just want to give... Dex Disney a big hug. That's all I want. I just want Dex Disney to be happy. <laughs> yeah, Sophie spent the entirety of, like, the kidnapping, like, extremely drugged out, so she kind of didn't really know the passing of time, but Dex was, like, awake, and he was like, is she alive? 
Well, getting tortured. He he said that he was yeah. He said that he was um, he said that he was pr- he was kind of drugged out for parts of it as well. But imagine getting told by your kidnapper that you're worthless and like we need to get rid of you, but we can't risk the body being found. That would be that's just horrifying, like straight up. Um, and like especially like the whole like if you try and move again. Like, 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 when he tried to move, like, that, that's where, when they burned him, and then they're like, we're gonna do the same to your best friend if you move again. And then he didn't so much as, like, breathe. Like, he just breathed as little as possible. Like, jeez. Yeah, that's just, like, terrifying. It is. Like, imagine as a 12-year-old, like, will burn your friend if you move. Exactly. Exactly. They're 12-year-old children. Yeah, they're, tw- they're freaking 12. And, like, just the amount of, like, like, just, just, like, the trauma, like, I could, like, you could see it in, like, the way that Dex was, like, acting and, like, some of its, like, mannerisms when he was talking about it just, like, kind of illustrates the trauma. And, like, it, it makes me real sad. But I like that they also don't just gloss over it. Like, I, I like that they don't just gloss over any of the trauma from the things that they experience throughout the whole book series too like there's just always little constant reminders every now and again which is pretty accurate to actual ptsd like just like there's always little reminders lingering around yeah and like it pops up at random times when like you get like triggered by something yeah something else Something else in the Mysterium section that uh, that I noticed was... Oh, God, the the crowds. Yeah. The, the crowds, like the people that were whispering about Sophie. Oh, yeah, there's that. As, that wasn't what I was thinking of, but yeah, there oh. was that as well. <laughs> um, I don't know. There was, a, there was actually a lot to talk about in this section. Um, what I was going to say actually was... About um, Dex was saying he remembered Mr. Forkle, like saying, like whispering over and over, "You can do this, Sophie." Oh, yeah. I love Fork Man. Yeah, I have like mixed feelings about that actually, because like on the one hand, like yeah, you can see that. I mean, Sophie's right in that you can see that he probably did really care about her, and like, you know, he wanted her to survive. Um, but like. At the same time, I don't think knowing that Mr. Forkel believed in Sophie is really, like, enough to reverse. Yeah, but, like, he should, like, yeah, to reverse, like, the amount of, hmm, you might not be trustworthy. Yeah, like, there was a line that was, it said something like, like, yes, Mr. Forkel had, like, abandoned her in the middle of Paris, but he had cared about her. So the black swan must be good after all. And I don't know, that felt a bit weak to me. I don't know about that, Sophie. Well, she is 12. She's allowed to make bad decisions. To be fair, yeah, I was about to say, to be fair, at this point, I think at this point she was, I think at this point she turned 13. I think it was mentioned. Um, I, I might be wrong, though. So she's like 12, 13, and middle schoolers be like that. <laughs> Is anyone really that smart in middle school? Yeah, that's that's a big no. No. I mean, like, I mean, Sophie was a, I mean, Sophie was a, a 
twelve year old high school senior, but still yeah, academically, not not emotionally. That doesn't she? It means she has intelligence. And, yeah, just not emotional smarts. Yeah, she has she has high amounts of intelligence, very low amounts of wisdom. There's they're they're two different things. I remember seeing like this like post online where it's like what they have to bring to offer and dex is the only one with any common sense yeah pretty much (laughs) yeah exactly everyone else is just little chaos babies after was there anything else about the mysterium section we wanted to bring up that was about it for me yeah that was it for me um is the next section the one where they start with like the ceremony dance rehearsal thing Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Macedonian. <laughs> the Mastodon. Um, can I just say I love Sandor? How he literally was like, like when when Cena grabbed Sophie's collar and he was just like, um, <laughs> get out. He's like unhand her. <laughs> I have that in like, my notes. Literally, I had screw Cena, go Sandor. Yeah, but then Marella comes in. And he's like, yep, I know all your secrets. Try me. Yes. And then Morella just absolutely roasting Stina. Yeah, I know all your secrets, man. And, like, she's like, like, um, and there was something about, like, like, I'll, like, uh, like, I can get, like, Stina said, like, I can get you booted to Exilium so fast. And she, and Morella just goes, kind of like what happened to your dad. I could feel the burn through the pages. <laughs> I wonder if Morella is so good at roasts. Is, I wonder if it's because she's a pyrokinetic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's a Kenrick joke to be made here. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that was mean. Oh god, Dedrick. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's referenced to be warm so many times in exactly. the season. Not in the season, sorry, the book. <laughs> Um, yeah, but those opening ceremonies, you know, I want, I want to see what the choreography looks like. I want Shannon or something to, like, demonstrate it. (laughs) Instagram live it. (laughs) See, like, I'm curious about it, but also the secondhand embarrassment is strong and I probably wouldn't survive. (laughs) You'd watch a minute of it and just go, nope. Maybe, like, ten seconds. (laughs) And then we find out Fitz joins her telepathy class telepathy class and then morella is jealous yeah he's part of the telepathy uh jealous dex boy i'm i'm i i can't wait for him to get over the jealousy (laughs) but yeah uh and also like the inflicting just like oh no (laughs) just being with counselor bronte just that feeling of oh no and then they have her like polyglot class oh yeah Ogre lady. <laughs> lady Cadence is a lesbian. Everyone else could fight me. I feel like she's so interesting. Like, she's such an interesting character. I actually have, like, a question for Shannon. And, like, the fact of, like, since Sophie has so many, like, ability classes, is she missing out on, like, basic classes? Like, everyone else is taking other ones. Like, is she missing out on, like, basic classes that she needs to take? Yeah, that's a good point. I think that they're trading them. Like, I think you can, like, trade them. I know she dropped alchemy. But, like, is... If she just dropped alchemy and then she took three new classes, that means she has, like, two more classes than everybody else? 
So is she just taking more classes or is she not taking others? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I feel like that would be an interesting thing to ask. Like, is she just, like, at school longer or is she, like, having to drop other, like, required classes? I think that I'm pretty sure she dropped the other classes. Maybe she'll have to, like, do catch-up later in, like, her her schooling life. Well, I know that, um, I know that ability detecting is a class and she obviously doesn't have to take that, so. Yeah, she doesn't have to take that. Especially because she has three. I feel like they just, like, threw stuff into her DNA of, like, well, hope that works. Mm-hmm. They're just like, polyglot, sure, yeet. Horse, yeah. yeet. Yeet. <laughs> See, I'm pretty sure, I think it was mentioned at some point that they aren't sure why she ended up being a polyglot. Like, they were, like, they just, they didn't know why. Um, so it makes me wonder if, like, that would have been her natural ability, like, at first. Like, that would have been, like, her first or maybe one, like, her only or one of her natural abilities, because I think it was said that polyglots often end up with two abilities. Yeah, because, like, there's, like, polyglot and conjurer, right? That was Gisela? Yeah, I think that was, I think that was Cadence. Oh, that was Cadence? I think okay. it was Lady, yeah, it was Lady Cadence. Gisela's just a, just a polyglot. Yeah, I think, I think the same thing, they, they said the same thing with enhancing, right? Like, it wasn't something that they deliberately put into... Her DNA was something that came from her biological parents that they just sort of left in there. Maybe. I don't know. I can't remember that one. Maybe those were her two original abilities and the other ones were what they deliberately put in. Yeah. There. Well, I mean, except for the teleporting. The teleporting was also accidental. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It does make me wonder, though, um, like, if the Black Swan were able to deliberately, like, give her these certain abilities and put them into her DNA and if you're able to see what your ability is in your DNA like I don't know it just makes me wonder how the elves haven't how the rest of the elves haven't come up with that technology yet or if they have why they aren't using it and they're using ability detecting instead I don't know oh that's so interesting yeah like why wouldn't they just be like this is what your child's gonna be put them through this specific ability detecting boom done maybe it's just something they haven't thought of I mean, it's also possible that, like, uh, there's, I think there's, like, something similar sort of going on in, in real life, right, in terms of, like, uh, in terms of, like, knowing the genetics of your baby or, ge- like, genetically modifying children, which people, like, technically can do. Oh, yeah, I think I heard a little yeah, bit about that. Yeah, and, like, they've figured out how to do it, but it's just ethically, it's not being put into practice because, like, you know, it you could be trying to it's kind of screwed up just a little bit and by a little bit i mean quite a bit they made her part horse (laughs) (laughs) like that might be stepping over a line (laughs) wait this is this might be or this might be a question that was already answered but i can't remember why they put the horse dna in her what was the purpose uh because uh, because alicorns can inflict positive emotions, oh, and they right. wanted Sophie to be able to do that because that's what helps her when she's healing. You know, when she's healing shattered right, minds. Right, lets her heal minds. But like, does that mean Bronte will be able to like learn that, or is it something he'll never be able to do? I don't think so. I think it might be. I think it might just be alicorn exclusive. 
Well, technically, Sophie exclusive, too. Yeah, and Sophie. Pl- Alicorn exclusive plus Sophie. I feel like that'd be interesting. Like, seeing that. Like, if he's able to learn that. Yeah, I feel like it would be possible, just logically, that if you can inflict negative emotions, you can also inflict positive emotions. It's just a little harder. Maybe with the Alicorn DNA, that just makes it more instinctive. Yeah, that's possible, too. Well, if Bronte is the only other, like, registered inflictor, he might not have been able to learn that from anyone. So this might be interesting, that they have to, like, learn from each other. Yeah. And even if he had the ability to, like, like even if it was physically possible for him, I, I'm, I don't even know if Bronte would even be able to process, because didn't he, like... Like, didn't he's Sophie allergic do... to happiness? Yeah, yeah, he's basically allergic to happiness. I feel like that's kind of a mean thing for Shannon to do. Be like, this really angry man is allergic to happiness. <laughs> sure, angry man. Like he can be happy. He just can't. There's just a lot of it. That's that. It. She's just. He's just like what? <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Bronte is an ancient, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is an ancient. Yeah. So that probably means he's the only person, he's the only elf to have ever been an inflictor, except Sophie. Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. I just came up with, like, a really interesting theory. Hold on, hold on. No, no, but he, uh, Forkel said that um, Sophie's parents never met. No, it's not that. It's not that. It's not that. Because it, it, uh, for, for some context, Tegan has yet to read, I believe, flashback and legacy yet but like she doesn't really no it's okay i don't care i'm getting them in the mail and i don't care yeah she no she she doesn't mind spoilers i basically yeah i asked and i yeah i told her i told her the big reveals um but uh yeah they did actually theorize bronte being her her dad in book eight for a bit and then it got uh and then they debunked it but anyway different theory about inflictors generally what if the reason that um that Bronte, like, just can't process, like, all of the happiness from all that is because, like, inflicting, like, being an inflictor and, like, the whole thing with being an inflictor is, like, you inflict emotional pain and stuff like that. What if it's, like, like, it's something that just makes you, like, just instinctively just in, just, you, you can't be too happy physically, basically just doomed to being depressed and or angry at all times and the only reason that that doesn't happen to sophie is because she can it would make sense though because sophie's always angry and like upset yeah and (laughs) yeah yeah and the reason that sophie can actually process that amount of happiness is the whole alicorn dna and like you can inflict positive emotions kind of like a what if inflictors only have like space for so much happiness that it's like only a little bit like they only have so much space for that but the rest of it is just naturally just like coldness and negativity yeah like you know how Bronte was teaching Sophie how to like take all of her negative emotions and kind of keep them in a knot yeah in a, in a little knot like under her ribs yeah that feels sort of similar to what you were talking about I'm really excited to see who Sophie's dad is like what his abilities are, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I wonder if we'll ever find out because she doesn't want to look for him now. I feel like she wants to find him eventually, like to f- like figure out the whole matchmaking thing. So yeah, there was uh there was that. Yeah, and then after that is 
they go to play Bramble at Everglen. Bra- yeah, they yeah they yeah, they go and they go play uh base quest. Is, oh, is it base quest? Because uh, yeah, Keith and Fitz, it's base quest. Yeah, Keith and Fitz were playing Bramble. They were playing Bramble, and then when Bianca and Sophie got there, they were like base quest. But yeah, the base quest game. Uh, and Sophie, the the, the the flying foster routine. Yes. <laughs> and she does her whole like mind jump boost. Yeah, which and then we Fitz know catches her. Yeah, which we know by the end of Legacy is actually a form of mini teleporting. Let's see. Uh, so there was that, and Sophie really just said, "Yeet." <laughs> yeah, she visited Alden. Yeah, we talked with Alden. Yeah, and Della like healed her. Hashtag We love Della. Such a good. We mom. do love Della. She's a sweetheart. What a sweet being like her end up giving birth to Alvar. God. I don't get it. He's the worst. Um, yeah, we talked with Alden. Yeah, I've always weirdly kind of liked that scene with, like, the talk with Alden and the Moonlarks. There was a part in there um, where Sophie asks, did you learn anything interesting? And Alden just replies, yes, and does not elaborate. Probably so. because he can't. <laughs> and I don't know if he actually ends up talking about what he learned in later books or if that's just I don't think he does. a thing he never says. But, yeah. Alden, what did you learn? Yes. No reason to worry. I can't remember what she asked him. Something about, like, are the black swan bad? Or, like, do you think the black swan are bad? Or maybe, like, do you think... Yeah, I think she asked if th- she asked if, if he thinks that they killed Jolie. And he says, I hope not. Which is not... Which is not soothing. Which is a little worrying. Uh, but at least he's honest. Can you imagine, like, maybe they murdered her. We don't really know, but we, we're keeping a good good word in. We're trying to make sure they're okay. We'll figure it out later. Um and then there's the Orin flare. I love that scene. The the, the rainbow the rainbow flames. The gay fire. <laughs> I I've always wanted to eat the food. It, well, maybe not the the first thing that they made, because uh See, I know I just made a gay joke, but th- I like this isn't a, this isn't me trying to make a lesbian joke when I say that I don't enjoy sausage. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> That's that I I was I was going to say that and then I'm like, "Oh, but I just made a gay joke and I'm and they're going to think I'm making another <laughs> piggybacking gay jokes." And I'm like, "No, but genuinely, I don't I dislike the food. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. But the other thing that they have, I've always wanted to eat those. I've always wanted to eat everything from the Lost Cities, like Milo Melt. I've always wanted to try God. it. Oh, yeah, Shannon has a recipe. It's good. It's very sweet. Oh, I made Milo Melt. It was pretty good. I know what I'm doing today. Yeah, she has recipes for. Yeah, she has a recipe for Milo Melt. Oh, I think I. I don't know if she has a recipe for this, but I know they were serving Cinecream at like load the Lodestar party. I want to say. <gasps> I think we broke Sam. Oh man, I wish I could have heckin' gone. Are we all just gonna be baking today? I would have loved to try that. I'm gonna make my gonna end up baking. I'm gonna make my own damn recipe. Like at my mom's house we've had like we've had we've had like cupcakes numerous times. Kristen's made she's made she made cookies. She made she just made brownies the other night. Um 
we had um a pagan holiday a couple of weeks ago i believe uh and uh every time that we do a pagan holiday we celebrate like a pagan holiday it was um it was ostara but every time we have like like we have like a roast and like a little kind of and then Kristen will make a chocolate cake it's just kind of what we do so there's been a lot of that uh at the very beginning of the quarantine before i really got a grip on like how serious it is and like we actually really need to stay indoors uh i'd gone over to my nana's house and uh we made ripple fluffs. We made the mint chocolate ripple fluffs. It was my my third time making them because they're godly. Oh my god, they are so good. They are like literally the best thing that I have ever eaten in my entire life. They're so good. I still have to make the other kind, the the butter toffee. Yeah, I've never I've never had this before. Oh, I would be down for butter toffee. I'm not sure if I would um uh, if I would cuz it's like I th- I'm pretty sure butter is like it's like a butterscotch thing and I'm not huge on butterscotch I didn't like mallow melt at first when I first made it but then like it got because it's real butterscotchy but then I actually started to really like it but I don't but I really like toffee a lot so I'll, I might I might enjoy the butter toffee kind but uh I made them I've made the mint chocolate kind like three times it's real good this has been keeper cast baking edition <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, and the Orin Flair was the last part, so. Yeah, so do we have anything else we wanted to say about this section, or should we wrap up? Fitz and Keith staring at Sophie when she came down in the new outfit. It's just like, it begins. <laughs> <laughs> and so it begins. And so it begins. At least it's, like, I, I like this, I like, I mean, I don't love this love triangle thing i don't love love triangles in general but like at least i could Neither stand does this Shannon. yeah exactly but i could at least stand this a lot more than i can stand the one in uh i've been reading shadow hunters oh, and i cannot no. stand that love triangle i can't stand it when the characters are constantly getting angry at each other because of jealousy which it's getting to be a little like that in keeper at, Le- at legacy but like well, after the whole Sophit's breakup, I feel like she's trying to resolve it more in, like, the Keefe section. Like, just because of, like... Like, Shannon doesn't exactly know how she's going to resolve the love triangle, and I'm just here like, Sophie, she has two hands, there are two beautiful boys, and those beautiful boys like her, and she likes the beautiful boys. Two hands, hold their hands. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I think that Keefe... I'm pretty sure Keith is gonna win it, which I have. I'm happy about. Like, even though Cam is like top tier god level for me, so Keith is number three on my shipping favorites. I really like it. It's super cute. Yeah, I I don't mind so Keith. It's not something that like I actively ship, but I wouldn't mind it if it happened if it was Endgame. I remember I used to really dislike it, and then I don't know. I just got real. I just started really liking it during Legacy. Because they had some real good moments and vibes in Legacy, like, a lot. And never seen. Yeah, and never seen. But back then I was, like, an obsessed Sofits shipper, and I was young, so I was aggressive with my ships. I got so aggressive, I regret it so much. Now I'm just here, like, the opposite. I'm a multi-shipper, and I'm just, like, just about everyone in the main group in, like, I... I, I can I would consume com- content about just about any pairing that you bring me here. Almost. Excluding some very obvious things. Social media time. Okay. Um, you can find me at Malamelting on Tumblr and on Instagram, although I'm not 
currently super active on Instagram, but I still check messages, so. Uh, but you can find me on Instagram as Electric Spins with a there, but there's not an S at the end. It's a Z. Uh, I'm not active on there really a lot. Like I don't really post much, but I also like when I get a message, I I pop on. Um, and then you and then on Tumblr, you can find me as ADHD anxiety and lesbianism, but there are little hyphen dash things in between. Um, I just, like, I have Instagram, and it's just boyer underscore Tegan. I'm pretty active on there, but most of my stuff is just, like, average Instagram stuff. This has been KeeperCast. See you next week. Bye-bye.